epilogue part one of a common story by ivan goncharov translated by constance garnett eighteen sixty one to nineteen forty six this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine epilogue part one four years after alexander's return to petersburg this was the position of the principal personages of this story one morning pyotr ivanitch was walking up and down in his study it was no longer the robust stout upright pyotr ivanitch of former days who always wore a uniformly calm expression and moved with his head haughtily erect and unfaltering gait whether from age or the force of circumstances he seemed to have grown feebler his movements were not so vigorous his glance was not so firm and self-confident there were many silver hairs to be seen in his whiskers and his moustache it was obvious that he had celebrated the fiftieth anniversary of his life he walked a little bent it was specially curious to observe on the face of this passionless and tranquil man as we have known him hitherto a more than anxious a harassed expression even though it was manifest in a way characteristic of pyotr ivanitch he seemed as though he were in perplexity he took two steps and suddenly stood still in the middle of the room or hurriedly paced twice or thrice from one end of it to the other it seemed as though he were struck by some unusual idea in the chair by the table sat a stout man of medium height with a decoration on his breast his coat tightly buttoned up and his legs crossed he needed only the gold-headed cane the classical stick by which the reader has been used to recognize at once the doctor in romances and novels very likely this staff was suitable to a doctor when having nothing to do he could take his walks abroad with it and sit for whole hours with patients console them and unite in his person the several characters of apothecary practical philosopher friend of the family etc all this is very well where men live in peace and comfort and are seldom ill and where a doctor is more a luxury than a necessity but pyotr ivanitch's doctor was a petersburg physician he did not know what walking meant though he used to prescribe exercise to his patients he was a member of some committee secretary of some other society a professor and physician to several public institutions and invariably took part in every consultation he had too an immense practice he did not even take his glove off his left hand he would not even have taken off the right hand one if he had not had to feel the pulse he never unbuttoned his coat and scarcely sat down the doctor in impatience had already more than once shifted his right leg over his left and then again his left over his right it was long ago time for him to be gone but still pyotr ivanitch said nothing at last what is to be done doctor asked pyotr ivanitch suddenly coming to a standstill before him go to kissingen replied the doctor it's the one remedy your symptoms will recur more frequently ah you keep on talking of me interposed pyotr ivanitch i am asking you about my wife i am over fifty but she is in the very bloom of her age she ought to live and if she begins to waste away from me you talk of wasting away already observed the doctor i only informed you of the danger for the future so far there is nothing i only meant to say that her health or not her health that she is not exactly in a normal condition isn't it all the same you made your observations superficially and forgot it 
but i have kept watch on her constantly since then and every day i discern in her new disquieting changes and for three months now i have known no peace of mind how it was i didn't see it before i don't understand my duties and my business rob me of time and health and now perhaps of even my wife again he fell to pacing up and down the room you questioned her to-day he asked after a pause yes but she has noticed nothing wrong in herself i supposed at first there was a physiological explanation she has had no children but it seems it's not so perhaps the cause is purely psychological so much the worse remarked piotr ivanitch but perhaps it's nothing at all suspicious symptoms there are absolutely none it's only you have been living too long in this malarious climate go to the south you will be freshened up gain some new impressions and see how things are then spend the summer at kissingen go through a course of the waters and the autumn in italy and the winter in paris i assure you that the catarrh the irritability will be all over piotr ivanitch scarcely listened to him a psychological cause he said to himself and shook his head that's to say do you see why i say a psychological cause said the doctor another man not knowing you might suspect some anxiety of some kind in it or if not anxiety some unsatisfied desire sometime there is something wanting some lack i wanted to lead you to the idea something wanted desires interposed piotr ivanitch all her desires are satisfied i know her tastes her habits but some lack how you see our house you know how we live a splendid house a capital house said the doctor a marvellous cook and what cigars but why has that friend of yours that lives in london left off sending you sherry why is it that this year we do not see doctor have i not been considerate with her began piotr ivanitch with a heat not usual to him i weighed i thought every step i took no somewhere there was failure and at what a time with all my successes in such a career ah with a gesture of the hand he resumed his pacing why are you so upset said the doctor there is distinctly nothing alarming i repeat to you what i said on the first occasion that her constitution is not touched there are no consumptive symptoms anemia some loss of strength that's all a trifle truly said piotr ivanitch her ill health is negative not positive pursued the doctor do you suppose she is an exception look at all who are not natives living here what do they look like go away go away from here but if it's impossible to go rouse her don't let her sit so much humour her take her about plenty of exercise for mind and body both alike are in an unnatural lethargy of course in time it may affect the lungs or good-bye doctor i will go to her said piotr ivanitch and with rapid steps he strode to his wife's room he stood still in the doorway gently moved the portiere and turned an anxious gaze upon his wife what did the doctor observe that was peculiar in her every one meeting her for the first time would have seen in her a woman like many others in petersburg pale it is true her eyes lacked lustre her blouse hung in straight folds over her narrow shoulders and flat chest her movements were slow almost inert but our rosy cheeks bright eyes and lively gestures characteristics of our beauties and as for grace of figure neither phidias nor praxiteles could have found here a venus for their chisel no one must not look for classical beauty in the fair women of the north 
they are not statues they fall into no antique pose such as the beauty of the greek women has been immortalized in nor have they the form which would take such poses they have not the faultlessly correct lines of the body sensuality does not flow from their eyes in moist brilliance on their half-open lips there is not the melting frankly passionate smile which burns on the lips of the women of the south to our women is given a different higher beauty in compensation no sculptor could catch the light of thought in the traits of their countenances the conflict of will with passion the play of unutterable fluctuations of the soul with innumerable subtle shades of caprice apparent simplicity anger and kindness hidden delights and sufferings all these like flying sparks thrown off by the soul that is their centre from whatever cause no one seeing lizaveta alexandrovna for the first time would have noticed anything wrong with her only one who had known her before who remembered the freshness of her face the brilliance of her glance through which at times one could not see the colour of her eyes they seemed to swim in rich tremulous waves of light who remembered her splendid shoulders and shapely bosom would have looked with pained surprise at her now and would if he were not indifferent to her have been heavy at heart as now pyotr ivanitch was with a sympathetic sorrow which he was afraid to admit to himself he went gently into the room and sat down near her what are you doing he asked i am looking through my account-book she answered only think pyotr ivanitch in the course of last month nearly a thousand and a half roubles gone on food it's beyond everything without saying a word he took the book from her and laid it on the table listen to me he began the doctor says that my complaint may get worse here he advises us to go away to some watering-place abroad what do you say to it what do i say the doctor's opinion in such a matter is of more importance than mine i imagine we must go away if he advises it but you would you wish to make such a journey if you like but perhaps you would rather stay here very well i will stay which of the two asked pyotr ivanitch with some impatience make the arrangements for yourself and for me too as you choose she replied with despondent indifference if you direct me i will go if not i will stay here you cannot stay here said pyotr ivanitch the doctor says that your health is suffering somewhat through the climate what did he base that idea on said lizaveta alexandrovna i am well i feel nothing amiss continual travelling said pyotr ivanitch will perhaps be too exhausting for you too wouldn't you like to stay at moscow with your aunt while i am abroad very well i will go to moscow then or shall we not go together to the crimea for the summer very well to the crimea then pyotr ivanitch did not persist he got up from the sofa and began to pace about as he had done in his study then he stood still near her you don't care where you go he said no it's all the same she said why is it so say what you like pyotr ivanitch she observed we must cut down our expenses a thousand five hundred roubles on food alone he took the book from her and threw it under the table why do you occupy yourself with it so much he inquired do you regret the money but what else should i do why i am your wife you yourself taught me and now you reproach me with occupying myself i am doing my duty listen liza said pyotr ivanitch after a short silence you are trying to transform your nature to conquer yourself that's not right 
i never required it of you you will not make me believe that these wretched things he pointed to the account book could really occupy your mind why do you want to force yourself i give you complete freedom good heavens what do i want with freedom said lizaveta alexandrovna what am i to do with it hitherto you have disposed of me and yourself so well so wisely that i have got out of the way of being independent continue to do so for the future and i shall have no need of freedom both were silent it is a long while liza Pyotr ivanitch began again since i have heard from you any request any desire of any kind or fancy there is nothing i want she said have you not any special secret wishes he asked sympathetically looking steadily at her she hesitated whether to speak or not Pyotr ivanitch noticed it tell me for god's sake tell me he went on your wishes shall be mine i will obey them as a law very well then she answered if you could do this for me give up our fridays these entertainments wear me out Pyotr ivanitch grew gloomy you live like a prisoner even now he said after a pause and when your friends cease to meet round you on fridays you will be completely in solitude however so be it you wish it it shall be done what do you want to do hand me over your accounts your books to keep some business i will work at them she said and stretched under the table to pick up the account book to pyotr ivanitch this seemed like a piece of ill-acted simulation liza he said reproachfully the book remained under the table i am wondering whether you would not renew some acquaintances which we have quite dropped i was meaning to give a ball with that idea so that you should have some amusement oh no no said lizaveta alexandrovna in dismay for goodness sake no it's not necessary how is it possible a ball what is there to alarm you in it at your age balls did not lose their attractions you might still dance no pyotr ivanitch i entreat you don't make plans she said earnestly to have to think about dress to get oneself up receive a crowd go out heaven forbid you seem to wish to spend all your days in a blouse yes if you don't object i would rather not change it what is the object of dressing up it's a mere waste of money and useless trouble without any advantage you know what said pyotr ivanitch suddenly they said that rubini is engaged to be here this winter we shall have a round of italian opera i will take a box for us what do you say to it she did not speak liza it would be useless she said timidly i think that too would be exhausting for me i get so tired pyotr ivanitch bowed his head walked to the hearth and leaning against it gazed at her with what shall we call it distress no not only distress but with fear anxiety and alarm what is the reason liza of this he was beginning but he did not finish the sentence the word indifference he could not form on his tongue he gazed long in silence at her in her lifeless lustreless eyes in her face devoid of all bright play of thought and feeling in her languid attitude and slow movements he read the cause of this indifference about which he feared to inquire he had guessed the answer already when the doctor had only given him a hint of the danger he had come to his senses then and began to suspect that while he had fenced his wife in away from any deviation which might have threatened their matrimonial interests he had not at the same time presented her with any compensations in himself 
to make up for the possibly unsanctioned happiness which she might have met outside the pale of marriage that her home world was nothing more than a prison thanks to his method inaccessible to temptation and unpropitious to any legitimate demonstration of feeling where she was met at every step by spiked railings and patrols the systematic and calculating nature of his behaviour to her had without his knowledge or intention amounted to a cold and narrow tyranny and a tyranny over what a woman's heart to make up for this tyranny he had lavished on her wealth luxury all the externals and as he imagined the conditions of happiness a fearful mistake the more fearful because it was committed not from ignorance not from his want of understanding of the heart he knew it but from negligence from egoism he had forgotten that she had not a factory that a capital dinner and the best wines have almost no significance in the eyes of a woman and meanwhile he had set her to live this life pyotr ivanitch had a good heart and even if not from love for his wife from a feeling of rectitude alone he would have given anything to correct the wrong he had done but how to correct it he had passed more than one sleepless night since the time the doctor had warned him of the dangers in regard to his wife's health trying to find some way of reconciling her to her real position and restoring her drooping strength and now standing by the fireplace he was still ruminating upon it the idea came into his head that perhaps the germs of serious disease were already lurking in her that she was being killed by her colourless and empty life cold drops of perspiration stood on his brow he was quite at a loss for remedies feeling that the heart was more wanted than the head to devise them but where was he to get the heart something told him that if he could have thrown himself at her feet and have folded her in his arms with tenderness and with the voice of passion have told her that he only lived for her that the aim of all his labours his cares his career his gains was she that his systematic way of behaving with her had only been inspired by a consuming persistent jealous desire to bind her heart to him he knew that such words would have the effect of galvanism on a corpse that she would all at once have blossomed into health and happiness but saying and proving are two very different things to prove this it would be necessary really to feel passion and searching in his soul pyotr ivanitch could not find there the least trace of passion he felt only that his wife was indispensable to him but like the other indispensable things of life she was indispensable from habit granted that he would be ready to feign feeling to play the part of a lover however ridiculous it would be at fifty to begin speaking the language of passion but will you deceive a woman with passion when there is none and afterwards would he have the heroism and ability to sustain this character to the degree which would appease the cravings of the heart and would not outraged pride be really fatal to her when she found out that what a few years ago would have been a magic potion for her was offered her now as a medicine no after his fashion he had exactly weighed and considered this late step and he could not decide on it he fancied that he would do perhaps the same thing only differently in the only way now possible for three months an idea had been working within him which would have in former days seemed an absurdity to him but now it was a very different matter he kept it for a resource in extremity the extremity had come and he decided to carry out the plan 
if this is no use he thought then there is no help for it come what must end of epilogue part one recording by expatriate in bangor maine